0: On this episode of Narcissist Apocalypse, we talk with an abuse survivor named Cece, and Cece was in a toxic relationship with a financial abuser. It's a story of narcissistic mothers, belief systems, trust tricks, and using PTSD as a weapon. Welcome to Narcissist Apocalypse, everyone. This is a podcast that gives the voice to survivors of toxic relationships. I am Brandon Chadwick, but my friends call me Chad. And thanks for tuning into this episode. So what is a narcissist, you may ask? Well, for the purposes of this podcast, we refer to a narcissist as anyone who has displayed a pattern of behavior that shows a limited capacity to appreciate others' perspectives. It is that simple. And now, if you want to be a guest on our show, please go to our website at NarcissistApocalypse.com. Top of the page, there's a button that says Guest Form. Click that button, fill it out. We'll go back and forth on emails for a bit, and we will go from there. Please send uh, everyone out there. Uh, send your stories in. We always need stories, and uh, you know, we record a lot. We record pretty much. We record with everyone who sends in a story. Not every episode makes it to, to air, but we go through the whole entire process to, to figure that out. So just keep on sending in those stories. We could never have enough can't reiterate that more than I already have. So thank you for doing that in advance. And also, another way to be part of our show is to go to NarcissistApocalypse.com and to be part of our Letters to Our Narcissist compilation episode on the side of our page. There's a floating button that says, send voicemail. It records up to five minutes. If you need to record twice, you press it twice. Or if you need to record 10 minutes, you press it twice. I'm slow. I've been editing a lot today, everyone. So um, go to NarcissistApocalypse.com if you want to be, a, be on our Letters to My Narcissist compilation episode. If you do not want to read the letter yourself and you want me or my old pal Melissa to read the letter for you, just send us an email at NarcissistApocalypse at gmail.com and put letters to my narcissist in the subject line. And if you want to support our show, join our Patreon. Yes, we have a Patreon. If you want to hear episodes that never made it to air, follow-up episodes with former guests, and much more, join our Patreon. We also have virtual support groups through Zoom every Wednesday and Saturday from 9 to 11 p.m. Eastern. We also have our own online forum boards, which we think are safer than the ones on Facebook. And to join, just go to patreon.com slash NarcissistApocalypse. Join today, be a patron of our Patreon, help support the show, and other ways to help support the show. Well, if you may, you may have noticed I'm slipping up my words. It, you may have noticed we started to do advertising on the show, and we are trying to learn more of about more about our demographics. So we are actually having a a, a bit of a, a raffle where we are going to have 10 winners of $25 gift cards to Amazon. If you, if you fill out one of our survey forms, we're going to have that little uh, survey button in the show notes of, of this show. You can click on it. It will take you to the survey. And we will go from there. We were doing that draw uh, September 1st, 2021. So please help us out by filling out all of that information for us. And what else do we have here? I just want to talk about this episode with Cece. and this is a really inter- interesting episode uh, This story is well there 's really two stories here, and we discuss her family life with her with her mom for much longer than we when we normally would. Uh, because it, just, it was very, very important for the rest of the story for you to understand everything. It's a really interesting – both little stories are interesting. Uh, obviously, the relationship story is the bulk of this show. But her story with her mom, it's, it's heartbreaking, uh, but it really is important. And we had to kind of get through all the little things for you to really understand what made CeCeCeCe and what was her kind of belief system going into her relationship. Um, so there's also, uh, with this, at the beginning of, of this podcast, uh, uh we were, or, or we were recording and I guess there was background noise, uh, from a cars that were kind of going by. We eventually changed that. So please bear with that. And now without further ado, here is my episode with CC. Welcome to Narcissist Apocalypse, everyone. With me today, we have Cece. How are you?
1: Fine, Chad. How are you?
0: I am good. And today we are going to hear your story. Your story is one where you thought you were healed and you thought, not that you were healed, but you thought that you uh, knew All of the signs to look out for. So, you know, that's something that's hard to deal with. And, um, you know, it's a long road to kind of go through. You have to do a lot of work uh, on top of the work that you you already did. So I want to thank you for being here and sharing your notes that you sent to me were superb. Uh, It's rare that I get notes that are that thorough, uh, things are highlighted, <laughs> um, bolded, and, and everything in different spots of all of the learning lessons, explanations of things. Uh, so thank you so much for, for sending that in, um, in the way you did. And, and now I'm going to get out of your way. Cece, the floor is now yours.
1: Well, thank you. It's an honor to, um, to be able to do this. I uh, appreciate the opportunity. Um I'm going to start just by kind of giving like a little little background because the the um the situation that I thought, you know, I had I had overcome and healed from um was with my family, um particularly with my mom when I was growing up and then it would be um decades I would luckily get out of that. And then decades later, I would run into, um, someone else that, um, it would take me a while, but eventually I would realize that what I was experiencing as far as emotion and feeling was the same as I had, you know, in my childhood. And that's what would trigger me to like, oh my gosh, to, to look at this, to look at that situation differently. So, um, so just a little background I'm I am i am not going to use obviously I'm not going to use any names or specific uh places like s- cities or states so I'll, I'll just use regions like east coast west coast that kind of thing mm-hmm. if that's okay. Yeah. Okay. So um so uh, my family is uh not I don't have a big family and we're not very close knit it's pre- it was pretty much just you know my mom um my brother and I have a brother who's 3 years older than me. And um, we were all originally from um, the East Coast. We were both born on the East Coast, um, both of we have the same parents. Um, other than that, family-wise, was my, uh, my grandmother, and then um, my mom has a sister, so I have an aunt and um, some cousins, but uh, we, were never, we were never really that close. Um, I don't have any memory of my dad. Um, he was out of the picture when I, when I was really young. And would not have any contact with him um, later on, so that you know that uh, relationship wasn't there. My mom would move us to um, the southwest when I was about six. So, um, and then after we moved, we didn't have any contact with um, like my 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 aunt and my cousins. My grandmother would come visit like every other year. So not a so just not just not a close family. And the other reason why I I make that point is because you know my mom was it right um she was the she was the parent she was the authority figure like the, that's it and um what she what she said went and you know there was no questioning it or anything like that but from an early age i kind of felt like something was wrong i didn't really feel very connected to her or bonded with her wasn't a very she wasn't a betty crocker mom She wasn't home baking cookies when we got home from school. She was a single mom and she worked. Um, But there also just wasn't a lot of like, I don't know, uh, emotion or encouragement or things like that. She would actually, um, you know, throughout my uh, like grade school and teenage years, she would actually, you know, she would do all, she would pull every tool from the narcissist's toolbox, I call it. She would, um, uh, like, uh, body shame me. She would, if someone complimented me, she would correct them or tell, you know, tell them they were wrong or discount it somehow. She would, um, uh, you know, stop me from, from doing things that I wanted to do, activities that I wanted to do. She would find a way to, you know, a reason that I couldn't do these, those things, um, she would, uh, her favorite threat to me was that she was going to send me away. That was always her, like, her okay, I'm going to send you away. But she actually did send my brother to a boarding school at one point when I was, when I was like grade school age, because he had some behavioral problems or whatever and she couldn't deal with him. Um, so, so it wasn't an empty threat when she was telling me like, that she was going to send me away. I had Actually, seen her do it. So you know, so I'm. So this is like the cloud I'm living under as 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 a kid. So I just tried to be like the good kid, the quiet kid, the invisible kid. But the the older that I got, she, just her her contempt for me just really just seemed to grow. And just anything I did, especially if I was good at something, or, you know, um, she just it just seemed to make her you know, not like me more. Um, she, I would be in gymnastics when I was young. She'd made me quit that as soon as some, as soon as one of the coaches said, Oh, she's really good. We need to move her on to the next level. I was like, no, we're not doing that. Um, you know, I, different sports that I would, that I would attempt to play in school. Like I'd end up having to quit or I'd get in trouble for something else. And that would be the punishment was that I could no longer do that. Um, and then, but then at the same time, she would call me fat, and I wasn't at all. Um, years later, I would see pictures of myself that my grandmother would send me when I was young, and, and I don't have any of that stuff, I have nothing from my childhood. And my grandmother would send me pictures, and I would, looked at them. I opened this package expecting to see, like, you know, a little fat kid, <laughs> and I wasn't, I was tiny, and it just you know, as an adult looking at those pictures, I knew exactly what, you know, was going on. But as a kid, I, you know, I didn't know. Um, So, yeah, so she would just, her other favorite thing to do was toss my room like I was a prison inmate. I would she, I would come home from school and just my things would be all over the place. And she would throw away like awards and ribbons and stuff like that that I had won. Just, you know, um just on and on and on. So she would restrict me punish me for things I didn't do Um, and I had no I had no voice I had no there's nothing I could say or do and then eventually she would um, um, we would move to the west coast just my mom and I my brother was already older and and on his own Um, but she had kind of like disowned him at one point when he graduated from high school because he didn't do what she wanted him to do Um, so and she moved us, so she moved us to the West Coast. And then, uh, so I was like 16 at the time. I was in my junior year of high school. And um, I never had a problem, me, you, know, me, you know, making friends or anything anywhere we, anywhere we lived. Um, even when we lived in the, the Southwest, we moved around a lot, like within, within the same city, but different parts of the city. And I would go to a lot of different schools, but I would always, I would always manage to make friends, and that was an adjust. So like that was never a problem for me. So we moved to the West Coast, and I did the same thing I always did. Like I, I made friends right away, and I even like, um, I used to also babysit from a really young age. So um, I started babysitting again because I never wanted to have to ask her for anything. It would took me, it would take me days to ask, to get up the nerve to ask her for anything. If it was, whether it was, you know, something that she had to sign for school, or if there was something I needed, or whatever, I was just terrified and like just nervous, and just it would take me forever to get up the nerve to ask her for anything. So, so as soon as I could, I I started making my own money, so I wouldn't have to ask her for anything. I could, if there's something I wanted, I just I would buy it myself, you know. And I thought at that time that was kind of like the best we'd ever. Gotten along. Now our paths hardly ever crossed. You know, I would get up and go to school in the morning. She'd get up and go to work. I'd go babysit after school, go home, make something to eat, do my homework, go to bed, and then she would come home. So we would never, our you know, our our schedules didn't mesh, and my household was never one where like you know, you get up in the morning and you're super chat- chattery with each other. You're like, oh. Good morning what are, you know what are you doing today <laughs> like that that kind of atmosphere just was never in my house so so um, but I didn't mind i I had developed the ability to to be you know okay on my you know on my own I guess um, just through through the years and um, and uh, we went on like that for um, about five months, and like I said, I made friends. But I think she had met, the, there was, like, two girls that I hung out with primarily, and, you know, we went to school together, and I think she met them, but, but she didn't meet their parents, like, you know, again, not Betty Crocker mom, so she's, she's got no interest in meeting, like, my, my friend's parents, or, you know, there were no, like, barbecues with everyone or, you know, anything like that. She just did her own thing, and, um, but my friend's parents would always ask about her. And I would just always say, you know, she's, she's just not there. You know, she was always like working or on a trip or something. And they just didn't understand that, you know, because they were the, you know, like typical parents. And they actually, uh, later they would tell me that they actually thought at one point that I was a runaway and that I was living by my living by myself. (laughs) And and, um, they would drop by, our house like at at, like random times because they you know just to see if they could meet her and she was just never there um but it didn't that that didn't bother me but then um one time she went on a trip and um one time she went on a trip and and i had dinner at my friend's house like i did you know a hundred times and and my mom my friend's mom wouldn't let me leave she was like you're not gonna go home and stay by yourself like that's just not gonna happen you know they just didn't understand how how that could be and so they had me you know they went had me stay at their house well my mom ends up calling yeah you know which it was rare like it like i could it, she just didn't do that you know um and 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 this is a long time ago, so there wasn't cell phones or stuff like that. I couldn't tell her or anything. Um, so to her, I just wasn't home, and I was, like, running around in the streets, you know. Again, she, you know, she would always accuse me of things like that. I was, you know, of course, because I was a teenager, I was out, like, you know, drinking and smoking and having sex and, you know, robbing banks or whatever. I don't know. Whatever she got in her head that I was doing, that was her reality. And... And so when she did come back, she was, you know, extremely angry. Um, and and um, I got punished, of course. Uh, and, then, and then, like, it wasn't that much longer after that that she just one day said, you know, this isn't working out. And she would end up um, making, me, making me quit school. She would make me go to school and lie to them and say that there was like a family emergency and that we, we were moving back to the Southwest, but we were not going anywhere. Just me. So, um, yeah, so I would, you know, I did what she said. I mean, that's your mom, right? I mean, she sent my brother away. She can send me away. Right. And, um, Uh, My friends, uh, I told my friends, and they they tried to my friends' parents. You know, tried to talk to her. She wouldn't talk to anybody. Um, And then she basically like put me on a plane and sent me back to um, the Southwest, which we had either sold our house or she was renting it out. There was nowhere. She was sending me back to to nothing. Right? There was no one there. There's no family, as I mentioned before. Uh, Don't have a big family. Um, not close. So, you know, no, there's no one there. Um, one of her friends that um, someone she used to date um, for, for quite a while when we lived there, the night before I left, he called, she must've told him something. And so he called and he was kind of questioning her and going like, what is, what, you know, you can't do, what's wrong with you. You can't do, you know, you can't do that. Where's she going to go? What's she going to do? And and he was he even said, like, who's picking her up from the airport? Because where we used to live is not where you like fly into, let's say. Right. It's because it's like equivalent to if you flew into like Los Angeles and then you had to drive an hour to get to where, your actual destination. It's kind of like that. And um, and she actually told him, she said, um, I don't know, she has friends. And something clicked in me that I was like, oh my God, like this is, here we go again. Like she had always exhibited, I didn't recognize it then as like jealousy, you know, if you when you start reading about narcissistic mothers and, and especially the narcissistic mother raising a daughter, there is, there's a lot of different ways that um, the narcissist can behave. And one of them is jealousy. And and so, you know, all of that, um, a lot of that that I mentioned before about how she would, you know, um, not accept compliments of me, not praise me, not accept praise about me, make me quit anything that I was good at or that I would receive, you know, uh, praise for. Like, all of that is based in, in, in a certain amount of jealousy, right? And, um, but yeah, so... So she would put me on a plane and and send me away. And I, because I didn't know that there was anything wrong with it, um, I just sort of, you know, lived my life. I, I knew I had to, my mind just immediately went to, like, I need to go back, I need to get back in school because she had pulled me out of school prematurely. I need to make, you know, I need a job. <laughs> I need a place to stay. And um, so I somehow, you know, lined all that up. And but eventually I would be um, found out by the um, uh, by someone. It it was it actually ended up being like an old friend of my mom who just happened to work in the in the uh, in the juvenile um, court system. Right. Um, Because my mom at one point worked for the state. So a long time ago. So we met these people. I met social workers and attorneys and things like that. And I would run, you know, this is a small town, so i run into them. And and when I would tell them that, I, you know, I told them I was there by myself, they were just like, what? <laughs> and um, and that's when it was explained to me that what she had done was considered abandonment, neglect, you know, and on and on and on, that she could go to jail. And um, I had to be put in the system for a period of time and stay at a, and live at a, at a foster home with this lived with a foster family that was horrible and um they just I mean it wasn't horrible they were nice people but they didn't understand me or where or where I was coming from and they wanted to kind of make me part of their family and I just I'd never I never had like a you know regular quote unquote like you know family experience so I just I didn't know what that was and I had a lot of things on my mind at the time you know to me I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to do with the rest of my life you know even though I'm only 16 I'm you know I'm trying to figure out what's going on here and they're you know they're wanting me to like go to church with them and you know babysit their kids and you know and all these things and I was just like oh my god I told my social worker at the time who was also an old family friend um luckily that you know, I was like, you gotta get me out of here i can't I can't do this. Um, you got to let me stay somewhere else like with one of my friends or something and and so we were able to work that out and then eventually i um i got uh, I decided to go for um apply for emancipation because uh the choice was I would either be sent back to my mom, which I knew she didn't want but she wouldn't have had a choice because she was breaking the law, um, or I could apply for emancipation, and um, which basically means like you're an adult, um, but you have to. It's a court filing, and then you have to have a hearing, and you go before a judge, and you basically have to exhibit that you can take care of yourself. And um, I had, you know, I'd already, like I said, I'd already, I got myself back in school and finished my junior year. I had a job. Um, I also had um, friends, the friends that I met on the West Coast offered to uh, have me move back there if I wanted to and stay with them for my senior year of high school. And I also had people uh, there in the Southwest that also wanted to, you know, uh, wanted me to live with them. So I had, so I had options. And um, so I decided to do that but before the judge would rubber stamp it, um, because the system is designed to put the family back together. So they had to give my mom an opportunity, you know, if she would have said that she wanted me back, then they would have, they would have sent me back to her. Um, but, but we got on the phone and it was like on speaker and they, you know, asked her a couple questions and then, um, she's talking to me and she asked me what I was going to do. And I, you know, and I told her that, you know, these friends wanted me to, you know, live with them. And, and she actually said that she didn't think it was a good idea because she didn't know them. (laughs) And, uh, and I don't know what got into me, but I said, I actually said, um, well, at least they want me. And she responded, well, I guess that's true. And that was it. And so, you know, the judge was like, boom, rubber stamp. <laughs> like, good luck. Good luck to you. You know, like, yeah, you're, you're good. But, um, you know, life is pretty good. I, I actually, I did not see or speak to my mom for 23 years after that initial split, right? When I, once I, once I was emancipated, um, you know, she didn't make any attempt. And, you know, I, I kept in touch with my grandmother, and my grandmother would kind of like make these attempts to get us together over the years. And then, but my mom would always quash it, you know, so, um, so yeah, so I just, you know, I just went on with my life. And I think I was lucky in a sense that that I didn't have a strong connection to her and it allowed me to to break to break away and then once I did break away um I was fine. You know, I, I it it scares me to think of what might have become of me if I had stayed with her. Because I was so my self esteem was like so low with her. She was always You know, she's doing all these things to me. She's gaslighting me. She's restricting me. And then she would turn around and say, what's the matter with you? What's wrong with you? Why you, you know, I think you're depressed. Yeah. You need help, (laughs) you know? And, um, So
0: after this happens, Mm -hmm. you kind of, you're going through, you know, uh, being adult, you're still, you know, you're young, you have a lot of responsibilities, That most, uh, almost all kids don't have. Right. And uh, at what point do you start to look into, um, you know, these are the issues that I have that have stemmed from this relationship? Uh, How do I go about fixing them and doing the work on like figuring out what your mom is, was? Mm -hmm. And like, did that happen immediately or did that start happening uh, a bit later? And what was the process of it all?
1: Yeah. So that happened. Yeah, it was, it was later. I, I, I can't remember how I first came up, uh, came across it. I think I started, I was always an avid reader and I started reading, um, and I was into like, you know, Stephen King and. Dean Coots and stuff like that and then all of a sudden like um, but I also liked um, um, you know like mafia stories and things like that and I started reading true crime books somehow I found a true crime book I found Anne Marule (laughs) and I start reading these true crime books and, and a lot of them you know the there's a there's a like a malignant narcissist right like it's very very dangerous the, the the most dangerous kind the ones that you know won't let anybody go and and stalk and murder and you know uh it just it's horrible horrible people but somewhere somewhere in there um it just it turned me to start reading about uh narcissists like there were enough like even though those were extreme stories, there was enough in there that kinda got me thinking. And then I found I found some literature about the the specific like the narcissistic mother and daughter relationship and I was just like, oh my God I mean, it was it was it was amazing. It was it was like I was reading about my life, you know. And and um so that's what's that's what started me down that. And then, and then you just, you know, you start reading more. And like I said, I was already out. So I had, I'd done pretty well, you know? Um, yeah. I, and I kind of knew that. And, and I kind of knew that I got back in touch with my brother and I learned that he actually had a much harder time with her um, because he did have a connection and a relationship with her more than I, more than I did. And so, even though he got away from he, he has this like they have this like push pull relationship still to this day, you know they're in contact way more than we are and and she's still like you know playing with him, and it's awful and he it, but he hates her <laughs> he, you know he just he does he recognizes that she's that she was not a good uh person and not a good mother, and he will see. know he tells her that he had a horrible childhood and that there's a lot of things in his adult life that he doesn't enjoy right you know now because of her but um and I applaud him for saying those things to her but then what she does is she calls me and tells me can you believe your brother said this to me (laughs) and I'm like are you really calling me to complain about my brother telling the truth about his experience (laughs) with his childhood, I'm like, I'm, yeah, she just has no, zero self-awareness at at all. So, yeah, so I, so I learned, you know, I learned a lot. I kept reading and, and um, the one area of my life, this kind of leads into the, into the next experience that I have with a, with a narcissist. And, and, and you, you know, we're kind of using that term broadly, but, Um, the one area of my life that I maybe had a question about was, um, like romantic relationships or could I have, am I capable of having a, having a close relationship? Like I have friends. Yeah. Okay. Um, I had some relationships in college and stuff like that and they seem to have ended, you know, the way, you know, some relationships do that you just fizzle out, um, but I knew, like, I didn't want the, um, the tra- you know, I, I was not attracted to the traditional, um, like, roles that people have in relationships. So if someone, so if I'm in, if I was in a relationship, especially when I was younger, and like, in my 20s, even 30s. If I was in a relationship with someone and they started talking about, like, marriage and stuff like that, I was like, (laughs) what? No, no, no. I was just not focused on that at all. And I I don't think I have a biological clock. Uh, That just, you know, having kids never, that never, uh, surprise, surprise, that never sounded like a good idea to me, (laughs) you know?
0: Um, Having dinner at 6.30 every day doesn't appeal (laughs) to you.
1: Right right i you know it's so funny even though i i am a a very i am a um what do you call it um structured um disciplined i don't like routine i don't like things that are like like super routine um so even my even my profession even though yes i get up and i go to work every day but my job what i do every day is not the same does that make sense mm-hmm yeah, I couldn't, you know, I'm. I couldn't just like I couldn't work like in a factory or something like. You know what I mean? Something like that. Um, so so even though I have structure in my life, I have discipline. I have, you know, I you know I I'm not. I've never been in trouble with the law. I have good credit. <laughs> you know, you know, I have money in the bank. That kind of thing. Um, I've always had good jobs. I've always lived in. You know, I've lived in. Um, I've lived in the, the place I'm living now. I've been here for ten years, but even before that I lived in places like, you know, at least like four years or four years here, four years there. So, but I don't like routine and like, and, and marriage and kids to me just sounded like a loss of freedom. That's what it sounded sounded like to me. So I'm like, Oh my goodness, you have to, you know, you have no choice. I don't, I, I take my hat off to people. I don't know how they do it because to me, um, I guess at a real you know, from a really young age I just I recognized it for being as hard as it is, you know. I didn't see it through rose colored glasses and think, Oh, you get married and you have kids and it's oh it's so great. I was like, No, that looks that looks really, really difficult and there's just not enough hours in the day. Like, how is that even possible? You know, I'm trying to just take care of myself and I need more time. So yeah, so I take my hat off to people that can do it and do it well, but um I was just never that was just never my focus. So anytime that came up in a relationship, I I would feel like, okay, this person doesn't know who I am at all, if to even bring this up, you know? Like <laughs> like you're not paying attention, kind of thing. Now, I didn't think as I got older, like in my forties, I was kinda like, Oh, this is kind of strange. I didn't I didn't actually think I'd be, you know, still single at this age. I thought I would be like in a relationship of some sort, you know? Um so so I, you know, so I questioned myself. I I I didn't know if I was capable of that. And then my friends my friends would always, you know, question and say, "How come you're still single? You know people I would meet. Well, how? I can't I can't believe you're still single." Like you know, you're such a good catch, you know, um, and and, and they say, maybe you're too picky. Maybe you're, maybe you're, you don't give people a chance. Maybe, um, you know, you need to be more flexible and, and, you know, some of my friends would have relationships where they would, you know, get in fights or break up, get back together kind of thing. That never made sense to me. But they were like, you know, sometimes you have to go through conflict in order to make the relationship stronger. (laughs) And and so, you know, some of what people said kind of stuck in my head. And and I would think like, well, maybe they're right. Maybe maybe I'm not single because maybe it's not really my choice. Maybe it is because of how I conduct myself in relationships and maybe I need to examine that,
0: right? So here we have these beliefs that are being implanted by your friends innocently um, that I assume are going to become a big hindrance to you because your belief now about what it takes to be in a relationship has been somewhat altered and...
1: Right. And I'm seeing it too. Right. I'm yeah. seeing it in, in my friends. I see their, you know, like I'm that person that people come to with their problems mm-hmm. and I would actually tell them, like, I don't know why you're coming to me. I haven't been in a serious relationship in like, you know, really long time. I don't know if I'm the right person to, to talk to you about this. Cause I'm, I was always pretty like hard lined I was like, if it's not, if something's wrong, if it's not working, then, you know, get rid of it. (laughs) And, and obviously not all things are like that. There's a lot of gray areas, but I didn't see those gray areas, but, but my friends were showing me gray areas. Right. And I was learning to like, be more like, even with them, I had to learn to be like more, a little more empathetic, a little more, you know, like, instead of trying to give them advice, I would just listen and just, You know, and, and I realized that even, even in, even the even if someone is in a um, not necessarily an abusive relationship, but just like a bad relationship that they're not, they're not going to be, they're not going to be done with it until they're done with it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You can tell them like, Hey, I think, I don't, I don't know if it's such a good idea for you. You know, I don't think this person has your best interest at heart, but until they figure that out for themselves, you know, they're gonna they're gonna stay there. So I had to. So I was learning these things.
0: So when do you meet um, the person that this sto- your story is about?
1: So yes. So enter N number two. <laughs> um. Uh. So yeah. So I I feel like I'm in a good place in my life, and I meet this person. And we meet in a social setting. And I just think he's, you know, he's physically he's my he's my type, you know, he's attractive and and he just seemed to be, you know, having a good time. Um, we strike up a conversation and pretty quickly, you know, um exchange numbers and like almost right away we're we're spending a lot of time we're spending a lot of time together. And um it's you know what I didn't recognize it for at the time was like, you know, the total, the total love bombing. I mean, it was, we were together all the time. I mean, unless I was, you know, unless I was working and, um, and from, you know, what I had experienced maybe in the past, it was, it was a little shocking for me. I was, this is not something I was used to, but then on the other hand, it was better than, you know, the people who say seem interested and then you never hear from them, right? So I thought, okay, well, this is, you know, he's, he's obviously, like, really interested. Um, so we go on like that. Like, at one point, we spent, like, a whole solid, like, two weeks together. Like, you know, day, night. And I would just go to work, go to my house for a little bit. We lived close to each other, so it was easy to spend a lot of time together and, and um, he would be calling me. He called me like several times during the day to find out what I was doing later. And then I would end up, you know, going to my house for a little bit and then go into his house. And, um, and then I'd go back to my house in the morning to get ready for work and, you know, rinse, repeat. And, um, and then when I would, um, Okay so during this time during this like honeymoon period if you will he tells me his story and and I should have I should have run I guess right there but um but so he tells me his story and he's um he was in the military he was um he was suffering from uh, PTSD. Um, he also had like anxiety, panic attacks. He had some um, physical injuries, so he had pain. And um, he'd been married before. He had he'd been married before. He had a couple kids. So his ex and his kids lived in another state. He had a strained relationship with his parents. Or. And, you know, with the rest and the rest of his family, um, you know, it was just like, oh, my God. <laughs> but but at the same time, you know, I'm looking at my background and I'm kind of like, well, I can't can't hold that against somebody. Right. Like they have a strained relationship with their parents <laughs> or or with their ex. I mean, that's, you know, that's kind of normal. You know, that that can be normal, Um So, so he tells me all this and, you know, immediately I'm like, I feel, of course, I feel sorry for him. I feel bad, you know, I feel badly for him. And, and, but I also felt like, I remember going home at one point and just being like really overwhelmed because he had a lot of stories and, and he was like telling me all these things and it was just like drinking from a fire hose. It was just like, you know, and so I remember feeling really overwhelmed and feeling badly for him. And um, we, kept spending, we kept spending time together. And I, had, and I would witness, like, the anxiety and the panic attacks and stuff like that. Um, he would also tell me that at one point when he got out of the service and, and then um, he was still with his wife, but then they got divorced, he said that he was homeless like basically homeless for a while and, and, you know, did a lot of drinking and drugs and stuff like that. But now he was, you know, now when I'm meeting him, he's, um, he's receiving benefits, you know, um, from the government. He's in, he's in therapy. He, you know, he goes to, he, he, he goes to physical therapy and talk therapy. He's on, he's on, he's on a lot of medications his, you know, anxiety, PTSD, like, you know, and then physical pain. And, um, but he's, you know, he's got his own place, you know, like he's, he's getting better, right. He's, he's working on it. So, so that's where I am with him. I'm thinking, okay, wow, this person, um, this person's, you know, going through a lot. He's a, he's a vet. So, you know, he deserves, he deserves, you know, what happened to him wasn't, I thought what happened to him wasn't his fault. Right. And he deserves, you know, to be getting, you know, all this help and, and hopefully, you know, he'll get better and like, you know, great. And, um, so that's, you know, I thought that was it. Um, and then the bad behavior, the other bad behavior started and,
0: uh, well, I, I well sorry before we get to the bad behavior was there uh I guess as far as kind of hooking you in yeah. what, was there like uh future faking uh, oh, yeah. and, and things a lot like of, that
1: Yeah there was a lot of we we you know there was a lot of uh he had a lot of plans when there he wanted to take trips and and um uh you know and, and we were just together all the time, you know? Um, at one point he, um, you know, like we we're together and like his phone rang and he told me to answer it. Like, you know, you know, little things like that. And I'm like, I don't want to answer your phone. And, he, and he's like, no, go ahead.
0: And and that and it, being a real big trust type event where, Oh, you can answer my right. phone. I don't care who's on the other end. You know, right. every, you know, you're open to every part of my life.
1: Right. Exactly. And then later that the phone would become, would, would play a big part in, in our like relationship. And, uh, yeah, he would use it almost like a weapon. It was like, it, yeah, it it gets, it would get crazy, but yeah. So there was, yeah, there was, there was a little bit of that, but I think most, I think for me, um, kind of the bonding kind of happened just because of what he was telling me, you know, when, Oh, the other thing is when he told me all that stuff about himself, it was because he trusted me. So, you know, when the bad behavior started, it, I, you know, I started kind of going like, what's happening here? Um, so he, when we would go out, so with the, I, okay. Not sure how to explain this. Like, um, he was very charismatic. Um, he was like a social butterfly. He, you know, when we would go out, he would be like talking to everybody and, and, um, things like that and I didn't really that didn't really bother me because because I'm very social and I know a lot of people so you know you go out you run into people you know and I had been out with people before that would be very insecure about that and would not like that I you know that like if we went somewhere and I ran into people that I knew they seem to be you know bothered by that so I thought oh well this is good it's someone that's Someone that's like as social as I am, like and and isn't going to be bothered by by things like that. So um, I just thought, you know, I didn't see I didn't see a problem with that. But then later, like a little later on, like sometimes people I noticed that sometimes people he was talking to, you, like you could just tell by someone's face and body language that they were kind of like, you know, oh my God, look, this guy is, you know, a lot. <laughs> and people would say that to me a lot. They would say, wow, he's a handful. And I would say, I would always say that, well, he's been through a lot. That was always my response. He's been through a lot, you know, because I'm, I'm, I'm thinking any behavior that he exhibits is all about PTSD, Mm -hmm. right? I'm, I'm attributing, you know, anything that comes up, whether if he, if he's, if he's angry, if he's sad, if he's, you know, whatever his, whatever his mood and whatever his behavior, I'm, I'm thinking it's related to PTSD. So when the, then I start to realize the bad behavior starts coming up. I start to realize that he actually, um, may have like, uh, an, like an addiction problem. Like he drinks a lot. He definitely has an addictive behavior, right? So, um, so he's drinking a lot he's um he's on top of like the all the medication that he that he takes right and so sometimes when we'd go out, like the nights would start with you know him all in a good mood and everything and then and then and then by the end of the night he's he's like despondent and you know and and crying and, or, or angry. And he's, you know, um, just, you know, threatening, you know, suicide and just, you know, just, it's just like total, you know, craziness
0: or So when when that would happen, would you pass that off again? This is PTSD. Oh, yeah. This is just an episode. Uh, I'll I'll be here to help. Are you thinking you can fix him?
1: No, 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 no. Not fix him, but I think I need to be, I think I need to be patient. Mm -hmm. I need to be, you know, this is, I thought maybe this is the person that my friends told me about that I need to give a chance. I need to, you know, I need to be more flexible. I need to be more understanding. I need to be patient. I need to go through conflict, right? Yeah, all of that. And, 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 and he's telling me that I'm the type of person that he needs to be around, that I calm him down, that I'm, a, you know, since I'm, since I'm such a good person, like, and he wants his life to be better, like, I'm the, I'm the, I'm the one. I'm the one who's going to like oh, yeah. so, you know, so, make, so, make this so, better.
0: Yeah, so in a way, there is a fixer element to it that's kind of running through you.
1: Yeah, I okay. didn't think that, but he's telling me that, right? Yeah. I wasn't running around going like, "I need to fix it," you know, or like or trying to do anything. He was. He was going. To, he was doing what he he was supposed to be doing. He was going to therapy and stuff like that.
0: But in a way, that statement that he puts out there, right, is is sowing a seed of you staying around. It's like when someone is going to fake commit suicide or they say I'm going to commit suicide. For that person who's in a relationship with them, all of a sudden it freezes them and thinks that they're responsible so they have to stay. Him saying that to you about you're the one that's a fixer is going to keep you in because now you believe you're the only one that can help or that you have guilt to help right is that fair
1: yeah oh yeah definitely yeah definitely so um he started he he had like no regard for um any any i started noticing like he didn't have He re- didn't seem to have regard for other people's like feelings or time or boundaries right he was always he was always rushing me like i mentioned the phone again right the phone played like such a huge part cuz he was always calling me and and even even times where I would get, when I would, like, get away and say, I, I need to go, I need to stay home today. I have things I want, need to do. I, I want to go to the gym, like, stuff like that. He would end up calling me, like, in the middle of whatever it was I was doing. And he'd have, you know, say he was having, like, a panic attack and needed me to come over. And, and you know, and, of course, I did. <laughs> in the beginning, I would, you know, I was I was dropping everything to go to help him, right, or, you know, to be with him, um, and uh, I even took him to the hospital a couple times when he had these the panic attacks, and one of the times, like, he had his dad, um, he started talking to his pants again, and his dad came to um, to the hospital, and, you know, and I, I can't remember what I was in the middle of doing. I might have been at the gym or something, but I just went you know, the way I was, right? Like, so I'm just like, you know, no hair, no makeup, you know, just in my workout clothes or whatever, just, you know, and later on and so on. So now I meet his dad, like under these like weird conditions. And then later on he would say, you know, nice first impression. (laughs) And, and, you know, that would make me feel horrible, right? But I still didn't recognize it as, like, I don't know. I don't know what I – I don't know. I thought – I think I blamed myself. I was like, oh, yeah, maybe I should have, like, you know, looked better (laughs) when I was rushing you to the hospital. (laughs) Um, So he was always rushing me to get to his house, like, always calling, wondering where I was, stuff like that. And then when I would get there, like, let's say we were going out or something, and then when I would get there – He wouldn't be ready, and then I would, you know, I'd be sitting there sometimes for hours, like, waiting for him to get ready. He was very, very concerned with his appearance and um, would sit there messing with his hair and, you know, change clothes three times, and, and then he would, like, he was easily distracted. He'd start, like, organizing his closet or you know, do, or looking up something online or talking to somebody on the phone or whatever, and it was like, you know, and you're sitting there like, come on, I thought we were leaving, you know, I thought we were leaving, you made me rush over here. And now, you know, you're not ready, you know, it was like, it was like annoying, right? And then he would he would call um, he would call people like, you know, in the middle of the night he would um, go by their, like if we were out driving around, he'd go by someone's house and, and like at all hours, he'd just like really had no um, no regard for anyone's you know time or or feelings or whatever he was he was the only one that could have emotions you know like if you um, for instance um, some of these nights where we go out and he would end up you know just acting manic he you know he's throwing money around he's he's, uh, he wants to go to this place and then that place. And then if any time, like when he's ready to leave, it's time to leave. Like in the whether you're like in the middle of talking to somebody or eating something or whatever, it's like, he's, he's, he would say he's, he's having anxiety and it's, you know, one of the, it was time to leave. And, um, and, uh, so after, you know, uh, and then, and then sometimes at night, like, I couldn't get him out of the car because now he wants to sit there and, like, listen to music and, like, you know, talk. And then he'd start crying. And then, you know, and, and, um, and if I brought it up the next day, like, hey, can we talk about what happened last, <laughs> last night? He would say that I was um, triggering him and that he didn't need the uh, negativity and you know, and that if I wanted to, there was a lot of like, if I wanted to, if I was going to be with him, then I had to be this way, you know, or that way. There were a lot of rules. He had a lot of rules for people, and a lot of pe- types of people he couldn't he couldn't be around or be associated with. And there, so there was like, you know, it just um, there was, yeah, it was, yeah, it was constantly he was constantly talking telling his opinions of of people and talking bad about people, even his own friends, you know, he would talk bad, he would talk bad about them. Um, um, This one couple in, in particular, and we got along really well. And we decided to, to, you know, get together independent of him because there were times where we were all supposed to hang out and he wouldn't show up. He didn't show up. So we just decided like, well, let's just, you know, we'll just hang out on our own. And we had fun. And so we exchanged numbers and we decided we were going to get together, you know, on our own. He didn't like that. He didn't want that. He didn't want me hanging out with them without him because he didn't want us talking about him behind his back. So, um, you know, that's that. Trying to keep everybody triangulating, trying to keep everybody separated so they can't compare, you know, compare notes compare stories about him so he liked
0: to compartmentalize his relationships so no one could talk to each other right as far as hey these things are really weird that are going on uh you know and there's no you know if no one can cross paths the better and he knew that uh from the beginning
1: right right then he started being um so we had you know this has been maybe like a few months in and these 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 nights these crazy nights that I'm that I keep talking about are happening like more and more plus he's also I also find out that he's um that he's gambling a lot and at first i thought it was just like recreational you know cuz i mean i i gamble i go to vegas whatever but but um, he was going to like these local casinos and would, you know, um, spend many many hours at these places and lose and lose money. Sometimes he'd win money, but you know, most of the time he'd lose money. He'd call me in the middle of the night to go pick him up from some of these places. That's how I found out about it because he'd call me in the middle of the night and 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 need a ride from somewhere. Um, and because um, he didn't have money for, this was before Uber and everything. And he didn't have money for a taxi. And, and of course, like when, whenever he would call like that, he would, he would call. Sometimes he'd call like, and this is during the week sometimes. So I, here I am, I got to get up and go. He didn't, he didn't work. I got to get up and go to work. And he's calling me in the middle of the night to like, you know, cause he's either having a panic attack or he needs to be picked up from somewhere. And it's either like a casino or a bar or, or, or something, right? And then sometimes when I'd get there, and of course I'm worried about him, right? I'm I'm worried what's going to happen to him if if I don't, you know? And, and then when I'd get there, he wouldn't always – it's not like he'd be standing there ready ready to leave. I'd have to go find him a lot of the times. So here I am. I got out of bed, threw on like whatever – and now I have to go walk into some like casino or bar and go find him. And he'd be there, you know, either st- if he's, if it was a casino, he'd still be gambling. I'm like, I thought you were done. And, he, you know, I, I don't know if he got money from someone or if he lied about not having money or what the situation was. And then, you know, he would, I and like an idiot, I'd sit there and wait, right? until until he was done then then he'd want to like go get food somewhere and then he would. you know i mean it was so so it, <laughs> it, so it sounds
0: like you know your relationship started you're you're hooked in you know you fell for the whole victim part you are uh kind of going off of the fumes of the things implanted in your head by your friends. He also has PTSD. That's a big part. And now you're in this stage where, you know, all of these behaviors are in the realm of control. And, uh, you know, he is doing things his way. His anxiety pops up. You know, you have to do whatever he says. He's using that as a form of control Um, you know, his, his anxieties, PTSD, everything that goes along with that to do whatever he wants. And, you know, in this process, are you fighting back at all early on as not fighting back physically, but fighting back, uh, with words? Are you arguing any of your points and does he start to, uh, devalue in any, devalue you in any way, uh, if you do, or you do not, um, and if he does certain things to you uh are they aggressive are they passive aggressive type of things
1: yeah so so i do start you know well like i said i would sometimes i would i would you know try to talk about like you know can we talk about what happened last night you know when he was like a night where he was particularly like man, you know manic and and he would shut me down you know he didn't want to talk about it because talking about it like Takes him through it again, and then that triggers him, and like, uh, you know, um, so, so he, so he's, qui- he's, uh, he's quieting me, you know, pretty quickly, right? Um, and, but then other times he would sort of recognize that he's a little out of control, and he would say, oh, I need to, you know, I need to stop drinking. I need to, you know, do this, and then. And then he maybe would for a while, but it wouldn't, but it wouldn't last. Um, And, but, you know, I keep, yeah, I, every once in a while I would be like, you know, this is, you know, in in the moment, like while it's happening, I would be like, I'm, this is ridiculous. I'm, I'm out of here, you know, (laughs) I'm leaving. And then, and then he would, you know, get, be like, you know, crying or upset or something like that and then you're like and then I would be like afraid of what he would do to himself but but then pretty quickly he started um being yeah he, he was definitely passive-aggressive he would he started um uh, if he if he would call me and I didn't answer the phone but I called back like you know like you you see the you don't notice right away that the phone's ringing, and then and then you're like oh, but then it's it's too late. So but then you call the person right back. He wouldn't answer, and then or he would call and then say I have to call you right back because someone else was calling, and then he wouldn't sometimes for days. Sometimes like he wouldn't he wouldn't call back, wouldn't text back like for days until he realized like oh there was something I could you know some favor I could do for him or something I'd do for him. And then, and then he'd, and then he'd call and he'd want to like, he'd want to, he'd want to get together, you know, he'd want to hang out or something. Um, so that, that started happening. He had these friends, quote unquote friends that um, he wouldn't, he didn't, he said he didn't want me to meet because they weren't the type of people that I should hang out with. But yet he would talk about them all the time, talk to, to them all the time sometimes at length on the phone even when I when I was with him and he would never mention that I was with him or that he had plans with me and then if they had something going on he would drop everything and go be with them um he did that a lot he did, he, he did that a lot like there were times when we you know we were supposed to do something or we were together and then all of a sudden he would just change he would just change his plans and go do something else, like without me. Yeah, that that started happening. Um then he started um like turning kind of turning me against myself <laughs> I guess is a way to explain it. Mm-hmm. So he would um things that I considered my strengths, he started he started um, sort of devaluing, like, um, uh, you know, I have, you know, I had a, I have a college degree and he would say, oh, that doesn't really matter. You know, like, um, you can, you can, you know, you can get rich or whatever, like without, you know, without that, you know, or whatever, like you can make you know money without that doesn't really mean anything. Um, he was always asking me, he would ask me, you know, why, um, why I never got married and had kids. And when I would say like it was my choice, he would say that that it was because no one wanted to be with me, and that and that and because I was selfish. <laughs> um, and sometimes he would just say that out of nowhere, like just you know, like be sitting there doing something else, and he would say, and he would say, God, no one wanted to be with you, just like that. Um, how come no one wanted to be with you? He would, you know. It obviously, it was a question I wasn't supposed to answer, but he would he would do that a lot. um you'd bring that up
0: and, and then and uh, did you start believing these things?
1: Um, it it made me feel bad. I don't know if I believed it, but I, yeah, I guess I did a little bit I mean the you know or i would it would make me think it would make me think about it, right like, yeah, how come, maybe, yeah, no one, you know, well, I am, here I am at the age that I am, and I, yeah, I haven't, you know, I'm, I'm single, so, yeah, I guess maybe there's some truth to that, and he would even say, like, did anyone, has, does anyone, did anyone even ever ask you to marry them? Like, you know, he was really getting to the, you know, trying to make that point that, if no one even, no one's ever even asked you. If no one's ever asked you, then wow, like no one, no one wanted to be with you. Like, yeah, just really making, really making that point.
0: And you know, I guess throughout this meat and potatoes of your relationship and all these things going on, were you catching him in? Uh, lies or uh projections where you know something might be going he might accuse you of anything uh that might be going on in his life that he kind of is doing a swerve um is there any financial abuse or anything like that
1: yeah so the the finance the financial comes up but um i just i i think i just started noticing like that he was just a walking contradiction right you know uh, he he had a way that every you know he had like I said he had all these rules and all these ways that that um, people needed to be around him but he didn't care how he acted you know toward people you know what I mean mm-hmm. so there's yeah so I'm noticing that just just mainly that just like like the contradict the fact that the fact that he could sit there and spew at me. You know about about you know everything under the sun for like hours. But if I tried to you know like bring something up, like it's like shut down immediately, You know, you immediately get to that. I don't want to talk about that. Like you know, that's that's triggering my anxiety. <laughs> you know, like you're starting starting to make me anxious or whatever. Like he stop, two, do, you know.
0: He had two sets of rules. And he hid it, the two sets of rules by saying that his PTSD was triggered when talking about these things. So he never ever had to address them. And that was his way of getting out of it.
1: Right. Yeah. Right. So then, um, so I mentioned the gambling. Um, and so early on, or, you know, when I first, you know, maybe the first couple times I like picked him up at a casino or whatever, I was still thinking like, okay, it's, a little weird but it's recreational he doesn't work so so he can go you know he can do this kind of stuff whenever he wants right but he asked me for um, he one night we were out somewhere and he wanted to go he wanted to go gamble and he didn't have a lot of cash on him and so he asked to borrow some money and so I thought oh, okay you know I gave him like I don't know maybe like 50 bucks or something and and he went and gambled and he won money and he paid me back um now also throughout throughout the relationship I'm 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 doing th- I'm doing things for him I started like doing things for him like little running errands picking up food like if I was over, go on my way over to his house he'd be like hey he'd call me and say hey can you stop at the store and like get you know get this or get that or whatever and And I, and at first, you know, I, at first I didn't mind, you know, I thought, yeah, sure. And then also, you know, I've always had friends where, you know, it was like the relationship was always very reciprocal. So, um, especially like working in the restaurant business, like we, you know, when I worked in the restaurant business and I, and a lot of my friends were also, you know, servers and bartenders and stuff like that it's sort of, it's, it's like a, it's like a unwritten rule. Like, you know, you, you go out one night, you go out with someone one night and maybe they pay. And then the next time you go out, you pay. And you you know what I mean? Like you, you never had to talk about it. It just, it just happens, Right. So I'm thinking, okay, well I'll go and, you know, get these things for him. And then at some point, like he'll either give me money for it or he'll take me out or something, you know, but of course that would never happen <laughs> or, where he'd say, "Oh, I'll I'll give you money when when, you know, I get my check or whatever because he had a couple checks that he got from the government like at certain times in the month." So, he's like, "Oh, I'll I'll, you know, I'll I'll give you money when, you know, XYZ." But then but then that wouldn't happen. And and I started kind of like keeping not keeping account that would come later, but just kind of keeping track of that. And I was like, oh, okay, I was like, did he just forget or like, you know, what's going on here? Um, so anyway, so he asked us, so he asked us to borrow some money. So I, I lend him some money. So he pay and he, he wins, and he pays me back. But he could have given me more money, right? Like to to cover, you know, the other stuff that I had done for him, right? So I'm never even, you know, he's just, he's paying, you know, I gave him money. He paid me back, but in truth, he could have given me, he could have paid me back a little more. Um, So that happened a couple of times and, and um, I didn't realize at the time that it was kind of setting me up for requests for, to borrow like larger amounts of money Later and longer time to pay it back, right? So he's he's borrowing small amounts and paying me back right away, so that I won't be worried about it, about him borrowing, you know, more money later on.
0: You, that's a a real pool hustler move. Right. Right. Where, yeah, where you know you start winning these little games, little games, little games, little games, and they're like, oh, let's play the big one, and then you know, they, they clean your clock.
1: Right. Right. So, so that, so that's how that started. Then, then, then it moved into um, um, there was something wrong with one of his, you know, benefits, you know, his checks or whatever that he was getting or it wasn't coming on time or, or like the timing between the two um, was such that, that, um, you know, sometimes he, he'd have a hard time, you know, making ends meet. Um, and, um, so, so then he started asking to borrow, you know, to borrow maybe like a hundred bucks or a couple hundred bucks or something like that. And, um, and again, you know, I, here I am, I am like, I, you know, I'm at this point in my life. I have, you know, I have extra money. I'm like, you know, I'm feeling pretty solid, you know, and all of this, um, and, and so I'm, like, thinking, okay, yeah, maybe he just needs a little help. <laughs> maybe, yeah, maybe he, just, maybe he just needs a little help. Maybe he just needs a little understanding. And um, so I I started lending him money, and, and sometimes he'd pay me a little bit. Sometimes he would actually pay me money, and then the next day ask for some or all of it back. All <laughs> right? um, he would, he would write checks to me and then, you know, to pay me back and then ask me not to cash them. Um, I still have those checks by the way. Um, I keep them as a reminder.
0: So part of it, you're getting the feeling that you might be paid or might not be paid, but at least there's this weird effort that might be made. It's not a real effort, but you're getting the, you're getting a sense of somewhat security to keep it going.
1: There's a little effort, but I'm also noticing that, that, you know, um, during this time, by the way, his anxiety and all of that seems to, seems to be d- diminishing. Like there, there aren't as many panic attacks. He got off a lot of the medication, you know, and stuff like that. So he seems to be, he seems to be doing better, right? Um, we're not seeing a whole lot of each other. Uh, now that he owes me money, he's, Ghosting me a little bit, right? Um, We're not seeing. At this point, we're no longer, we're no longer like a couple. Now we're just friends, right? He, you know, made that determination at one point that you know that he he didn't think we could we should be together, but that but that he really valued my friendship. So, so now we're friends. So, so
0: um, I guess uh, for one second, how did that move happen? When, he, that, like, was it a? Did it did it slowly happen that way, or like was it by design? Do you think? Um, well, I mean, was, like, was the, it a way of like distancing you uh, to eventually yeah. get out of it?
1: Well, he started with the pass with the with the phone with the phone games, right? And, the, and then disappearing on the weekends to go hang out with these other friends and stuff like that. And it just sort of, I mean, it didn't feel like a relationship. So, you know, I, I kind of, um, maybe I asked, you know, what was going on. And he, you know, and he just was like, we're not together. You know, we're not together. Almost like, almost like it was never that way. You know, we're not together.
0: And how did how did you feel about that? What happened? Like, were you upset? Where did you go? Yeah. So, so what, time, what, what were the depths of your feelings on that?
1: Yeah, I, I was, I mean, I was upset, but I also, because I felt so over, you know, so overwhelmed with him and everything about him that I kind of was, I was kind of happy to like resume my life, you know? Um, I started, cause at the time when I, you know, when I was with him, you know, sort of, when things were in this, like this whirlwind of like being with him all the time and him calling all the time and like dropping everything to, to, you know, to either help him with something or, or be with him or whatever. Um, I wasn't doing any of the things that I normally did in my life. I wasn't, um, I wasn't sleeping well. I wasn't working out. I was, I was, he ate, he used to eat um, like crappy food, <laughs> fast food. I was eating, I was. I would eat with him. So I'm eating bad, you know, bad food. Um, I'm just, you know, I'm not, I'm not hanging out with my friends. I'm not doing any of the things, you know, in my life that I used to do and that I enjoy. So... So even though yeah I was upset about it I I kind of was you know was also like I need to get you know I had that feeling like I need to get my life back you know I need to start I need to get back to the to the things that I that I like to do So that's how I that's how I was feeling mm-hmm. And and then and then so now in this like friendship quote unquote um now he's calling you know every once in a while like every maybe maybe once a week or you know every other week and and usually it's to um borrow more money and now i'm starting to that was kind of a turning point for me the money was a turning point because it had taken me a long time um to to be at a place where I felt financially secure, you know, Mm -hmm. in my life. And that was like a, that's a very, that's a very important thing for me. And I'm not like rich by any means or anything like that, but that's a very big thing for me because I don't have anybody to fall back on. Right. So I always had to make sure that I was, you know, okay financially and I wasn't for a long time like right you know when I got out of when I got out of college I had you know I had student loans and I you know I'm you know paying for my own place and my own car and I'm you know working like three jobs and you know I mean I didn't I didn't have enough to where I was like saving money or or putting away for retirement or anything like that I mean that took a long that took a while for me to get to to get to that point and um but but that's why, you know, I, but I was there, and I, you know, I'd been there for a while, and, and you know, I knew what it was like to have nothing, and I was never going to go back there, you know? I was never going to go back there again. But he's borrowing money from me, and he's always saying that he's going to pay it back because he had, like, some windfall. There was like some windfall of money that he was supposed to be coming into that was like, it was always right around the corner. It was like, it was like a week away, two weeks away, a month away. You know, there was always this this money that he was supposed to be getting. And then he said he would pay me everything he owed me like all at once. Right. So I I still don't know why I kept lending him money, but I did. And, but now I'm but now I'm starting to look at this differently. And and I had researched a lot about PTSD. And, and you know, for that time when I was still um, attributing all of his behavior to PTSD, I was like, okay, I need to learn about this so I know how to deal with him. And then... Um, once his, but once you know, I started noticing like his anxiety and his panic attacks and stuff like that. He started. He actually did start like, you know, being healthier, like you know, eating healthier and working out and stuff like that. And I'm noticing like he seems to be doing a lot better. But he's still, he's still, a, he's still an a hole. <laughs> Right. He's still, he's still not a good, not a nice person. You know, he's still, he's, he's still ghosting me, triangulating me, like all these things. Um, I, I, I sat down one day and, and, you know, I was always like anxious, like wondering like, is he going to call? When's he going to call? What's he doing? Is he going to pay me back? You know, I just, it was just on my mind, like constantly. Plus I'm also running through like the things that had happened, in the, in the past, you know, in the past few months, right? Like all of those, all of those manic, you know, those nights where he was like, you know, with the manic behavior and the gambling and the, you know, I'm just like, all that stuff is running through my head. And, um, and so I sat down and I just examined like how I was feeling one day. And it and, and it just hit me that I felt that, same way when I was like growing up, that anxiety, that uncertainty, like the, the, um, the, uh, loss of, uh, you know, self-esteem, you know, the low self-esteem, the, you know, all of that just kind of came back to me. And it was like, I don't know, it was like a lightning bolt hit me and, then I started I went I, I went online like, like a lot of people in these situations do and I just started you know putting in like what does it mean when someone does this to you or acts this way or whatever and these things start popping up like are you dating a narcissist <laughs> are, are are you dating a psychopath like you know and I was just like oh my god why did I not see this like he hits every criteria I mean just unbelievable and and then I knew like that um I was in trouble uh and that I had to I had to get out of it and I started uh, you know everything you, you know you read a lot I started reading everything I could I read articles I read books I you know I'm I went on some forums. I know you don't like those, but I did, and I swear it was so. In some instances, I would read somebody's story, and I and I and I thought we were talking about the same person. And I'm not saying that like in a, in like a you know like a joking way. I mean, I really meant I really thought I was like, where is this person from? Like, you know, are we talking about the same person? Because the because the the tools that are used, the tools in the narcissist toolbox that are being used were like, are like so common. Right. And so I knew I had, I was like, okay, I knew I had to go no contact and I knew, uh, but he owes me money and it it had grown to a pretty significant amount. I mean, he, he, he almost like wiped out my savings. Um, The last, the last money that I gave him was to cover a bad check that he wrote for a new car. So, and the way I found out about that is that, you know, I hadn't heard from him in a little while. Um, and then all of a sudden he contacted me and he wanted to, he wanted to like go to the beach or something, you know, one day. And so I, you know, I said, okay, you know, we're supposed to be friends, right? So this is, you know, I'm, I'm trying to be friendly.
0: Do and you, shows- do, you, do you see these acts of wanting to go the, to the beach and things like that as a, as breadcrumbs as i'm like let's do something normal here so to normalize yes. things so then i can take advantage of you again
1: i don't well i see them as i'm hoping that they're steps in the right direction i'm hoping that you know that they're like okay you know we're we're going to do something normal and then maybe he's gonna pay me a little bit of what he owes me and you know, we're just gonna have like this sort of normal friendship. That that's what I'm that's what I'm hoping. It, but I'm also it, it, it is
0: one of your fears that okay, if I cut things off right now, I'm never gonna see that money again.
1: Absolutely. Okay. I knew yeah, absolutely. Like I felt like I had to sort of like play nice in order to even have a chance at at like because now, now that I'm seeing things for what they are, like my sympathy for him is gone, my sympathy's gone, but i'm also now i know like oh shoot i'm in this i'm in this like weird situation with him now um he doesn't know that I know that i'm that I'm seeing these things for as him you know treating me badly, and that um so I need to like and I want to get my money back so I felt like I had to like sort of play along in order to have a chance at that, that if I, if I like called him out on his behavior and then just, and then just, just, you know, got away from him, that would almost be giving him permission to then just disappear. Mm-hmm. Right. And not, you know, not pay me back anything. So I, I, yeah, I felt like I had to stay, I had to stay there. Um, you know, so he would contact me, so now on, but, but before, like, I would be maybe trying to contact him and trying to make plans with him, you know, and, um, and then, and, and he would just, sometimes, sometimes he w- he would, and then other times he would just, you know, not take my calls or whatever, so now I'm not calling him at all, I'm not contacting him, he's contacting me, and. Um, so he wants to go to the beach or whatever, and and he shows up in a in a brand new car, <laughs> and, and I was like, wait a minute, you're like, you owe me money, and you're out buying a new car, like what what's going on? And and uh, and so that day he's telling me again about this, you know, the story about some the money that he's supposed to be getting and all of that, but that's. That that's why he got the cars because his this money that he always talked about like for months now that he talked about getting like that was supposed to be happening and I still to this day don't even know if that was true, um, but at some point during the day he uh, he says that um, that they're going to that that the money didn't come in when it was supposed to and so the check that he wrote for the car. Um, didn't clear and now they were going to, they were going to, you know, repossess the car. And, and could I help him? And, and I said, no, <laughs> you know, I was like, no, I was like, take it back. I was like, tell them that you're mentally ill and that you shouldn't be entering into contracts. That's what I said. So tell me you have PTSD and all this and that you shouldn't be entering in the, you shouldn't, you should be entering into contracts and take the car back. And, And, um, and I, you know, I said, I wouldn't give him money. And I said that, you know, being in the legal field, I said like, you know, I'll do some research and see what your options are. But I didn't know how long he had the car. And it turned out that he had already had it for like over a month. And that even if he did take it back, he would still be on the hook for the loan. So then he wanted me to, he wanted me to buy the car. Like, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like change it, change it all over into my, into my name, but then let him drive it. <laughs> I was like, what? That, that makes no sense. I was like, why am I going to buy a car that I had no access that, that then I don't have access to? And I was like, so I have to buy the car, insure it and then let you drive it around. No, I'm like, no, no, sorry. That's, that's not That's not going to happen. And, um, and, uh yeah it was just and and i'm sitting there so now i'm sitting there like in a different headspace right and i'm just like oh my god the the just the, the gall right of this person you know like oh my, this is, unbe- this is unbelievable to me and um so uh, finally i said you know i said okay look I'll, I'll help you out because it doesn't make it doesn't make sense for you to be without the, a car and still responsible for the loan, you know, just, I'm not
0: just, going so, to- just, just so you know, when you said, I will help you out, I guarantee you there's a collective groan from everyone listening, being like, oh, no, I know, I
1: know, I know, I know, I know, I know, God, I know. Trust me. I was, I was there. <laughs> I was there. And I was, and I was just, Oh, I can't, I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't believe it. Um, And so I said, okay, I'm going to help you out because it doesn't make sense for you to be, to have, be responsible for this loan and not have a car. And then I'm not, but I'm not, I'm not going to buy the car. I had the car that I had at the time was like 13 years old. It had been paid off for a long time, but I knew I was going to have to buy myself a new, I was going to be buying myself a new car, like in the next year, I'd already started looking right. So I'm not going to buy him a car, <laughs> you know, and then not be able to buy myself a car, right? I was like, this guy's, you're messing with my, you're messing with my financial future, and and it's really, it's, it's this is this is starting to, you know, really, you know, bother me because now this is like you're messing with my, you're really messing with my life now.
0: So, so you're, you're, is your decision making here? Uh, is it guilt? Or is it, this is the only way I can think of how to get my money back is by giving more money?
1: It was a little bit, you know, so in that situation, I mean, um, maybe he could have gotten the money from someone else. Mm -hmm. But, um, so yeah, I don't, I don't know why. Yeah, I guess, I guess a little bit was, you know, well, he's got to, you know, if I do this, this thing for him, he's got, you know, he's got to. He's got to pay me back, right? Like this is such a big deal. Right? This isn't like, you know, a, you know a couple hundred dollars here and a couple hundred dollars there for like random things, you know.
0: Um But but deep but down you know if you don't do it, it's gone.
1: If I don't do it, yeah, there's a there's definitely Oh yeah, he would probably just like dismiss D- dis- me and just then disappear.
0: Cuz in, in in a disappear. way right now, if you kind of take a step back and look you've already been discarded in a way right Know your relationship just ended when he wanted it over and discarded so right now you are he doesn't have to deal with any of you on a daily basis a, a sense of like you saying hey why are you doing this why are you doing that And Mm -hmm. you've now been put into this uh, friend zone where he can contact you when he wants, and he still uses you as supply, especially for money. Who knows what else he's getting from everyone else. But now you've been brought in and now are compartmentalized and are separated.
1: Right. and Yeah, and it's pretty much all about money now. Yeah. And like the little the little crumbs, like you say, you know, of like like oh let's go do this or oh let's do that, that. That's just to keep me sort of like in that you know loop, just yes. to keep me sort of tied. He doesn't want me getting too far away because remember I started like resuming my life, right? But he doesn't want me to get too far away. So he's like you know he, there were there was, there were late night calls, um, you know like it, it was like his his. PTSD and anxiety and panic attacks and stuff like that would flare up, like, w- when, he, when he wanted them to, <laughs> you know. And it's, you know, and it'd be that, you know, he's calling, sounding desperate, and, you know, and, uh, and you know, it's like when it, you know, wants to talk, want needs somebody to talk to or whatever. And, but that's all just designed just to keep me sort of in that loop. So, so I said I'd give him the money for the car, but I said, but not until you, you have to start paying me back what you owe me. And we need to figure out a way where, because at this point, you like, like I said, he'd already, you know, he had like written me checks and then told me not to cash them and given me money and asked for it back and all that kind of stuff. So I, you know, I didn't want to have to chase him for it. I said, we have to figure out a way where you can pay me and I don't have to have contact with you. I don't have to ask you for it or chase you for it. I'm not going to do I'm not going to do that. So so we we figured out a way to where one of his checks that he that he got would go directly to me and I opened up like a whole separate bank account cuz obviously I don't want him mixing in my bank account. So I opened up a whole separate bank account and 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 that and he had that check routed to that account, like on a month, on a monthly basis. And, and so we set that up. And then, and then I gave him the money for the truck. Now, what's weird is like, he has, he has, he doesn't have the pin number for that account. So he can't get any money out of it. It's just to put the money in, but he still has, he has control over that. He could stop that at any time. So every month I was like, I knew when the check, was supposed to be in there and every month I was like panicked you know I was, I was like checking to see if it went in because he could just decide to stop doing that right so it was like so it's like this little victory right <laughs> that he's actually paying me but yet he still has control because he could stop it at any time mm-hmm. and um, so you know but he's now but now he's not he's not really talking to me at all Which was which was actually fantastic. Like at this point, I was like, "Good, the money's coming in." I don't have, you know, I'm not in contact with him, you know, I'm not, you know, I stopped taking his, I stopped answering his calls, Um, and and I was like, "Okay, this is good, things are good now." Then he starts up again um, with the late night phone calls and and the and now he's texting. You know, um, and more, and, 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 and surprising, or maybe not surprisingly, more requests for more money. <laughs> and I'm like, you've got to be, and I'm texting him back saying, you've got to be out of your mind. Like, no. And he would, he would berate me over text. Um, you know, saying, you know, like, why won't you help me? I know you can help me. I'm like, I don't have the money. I would just tell them straight out, like, I don't have it anymore. I gave you, I, I, I gave you, you know, I already gave you, like, so much money. Like, I don't, I don't, you, you're messing with, you know, you, you messed with my financial security and, and I won't do it. it. You know, we're done. And I almost like, it was almost like morbid curiosity that once I said it like that plainly, that, you know, I said, you're messing with my financial security. I, you know, I'm not giving you another dime. Um, I, I've been, you know, in my life where I had nothing and I'm never going there again for anybody. And I had this little sense of morbid curiosity where I wanted to see how far he would go um, once I told him that. And, and he kept going. He he. Every once in a while, he would just still show up and still text and still call and still and still ask for more money and and still you know do the like you know like he's and the stories he would come up with you know for the reason that he needed it and his and the whole plan that he had for you know like after he after he pays you know like we could just add it to what i what he already owes me and then he'll pay me back like with interest and he even he would bring up like spreadsheets that would show like you know how much more i would get back like if you know with the interest he was going to pay me and then we could maybe go on a trip together and stuff i was just like but at this point by now by by that point this is like a this is about like a almost a almost a year in and and by this point i'm just like I'm impervious to like his stories and his thing. I have no sympathy for him at all. Um, I'm still just like keeping in contact once in a while just to make sure the money keeps coming in. But, you know, and I'm sort of humoring him by listening to, to all of these things. Like I had a choice. I mean, he would come over to my house and just like start spewing all this stuff. And, um, and then, um, and then I, I, but I would, I would leave. Um, I, I'd leave, and I'd leave. with You know, without say no. I'd let, I'd let him go through his whole spiel, almost like a salesman. And then at the end, I would say, "I'm sorry, um, no, can't do it." And I would leave. And I knew every single time that happened. Because it, it happened like a number of times. Every single time that happened, I knew like that there was a chance that. He would try to like, um, kind of like take revenge on me and like, you know, stop, you know, stop the checks, you know, stop paying, stop the checks from going into that account, or something like that. I just, you know, I knew I knew that that was that that chance was there, and I and I had to. I told myself that I had to be prepared for that. That I had to be prepared to walk away, no matter what, and that. And if that happened, I would just have to chalk it up to it being like an expensive lesson and that, you know, but I had to be prepared for that to happen. And that's how I, you know, that's kind of how I got through it. Just like, you know, I, that's a reality. That's a possibility. I have to be prepared for that. And if it happens, so what? And, you know, just sort of like this will never, I'm never giving him another dime. Like this is, this is done. This is done. I started turning my phone off at night because um, he would call, you know, and like in the morning there'd be like, you know, eight or 10 like missed calls or text messages. So I started just turning my phone off at night when I'd go to bed and, and I wouldn't turn it on again until I got to work Um, because then I wouldn't be tempted to like, call him back or anything. And, and I just, you know, I just kept doing that. And so I could get myself like further and further away. And surprisingly he did keep paying me. And then, um, and then, and then, uh, and he started going to school and then he, so then he's texting me and contacting me and asking me for money for things he needs for school, you know, because he thinks that, he thinks that will be, um, you know, different. Like I'll think I'll look at that as like, oh, this is a good thing that he's doing, and and yes, this should be supported, you know, kind of thing. Because that's how I was before, right? Um, but I, I I was like, no, not happening. And and he would get he would get pretty irate um, with me and accuse me of lying about you know how much money I had and how much money I made and you know and he's like i know you make enough you know i know you make enough money and this and that and and then it, and then other times he would say he would try to devalue my work and say that that he probably made more money than me for do, you know doing nothing <laughs> so uh, so it goes on like this and i'm turning my phone off at night and trying to do no contact and this and that and then and then the most amazing thing happens he meets someone else <laughs> and that that would be like on one hand it was great because now he's not focused on me at all. Um, but I admit I did fall down. I fell down that, that, that rabbit hole of, of like being curious about the new supply and wondering if she was experiencing the same things that I did. And, um, and I did some cyber stocking and, um, and they were, you know, and was, you know, kind of surprised to see that, you know, how love deaf they they seemed and everything. And, and um, I was also surprised that, like, there was all this social media out there because he was, that was a, another thing he was always, like, really paranoid about. And I didn't really use it a lot back then. I didn't, you know, I, I've never been, like, a big picture taker and all of that. So it, that didn't, you know, never came up in our relationship. You know, I just knew that, I just knew it was something he didn't you know he was kind of paranoid about like didn't want people like you know talking about him posting about him stuff like that but then here he is with this person like you know splashed all over and all of these like you know going places and doing things and all these like um uh you know these uh, um you know all this affection being thrown around and and um and it, it looked nothing i thought it, it, it looked nothing like most of the relationship that I had
0: with him. I Were, know. Did, I, you, did you wonder to yourself, uh, this is the relationship and the guy that I wanted, uh, he's having it with this person, is there something wrong with me? Did that ever happen oh, yeah. right? Okay.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought, I thought, because that's what I was looking for, right? I was looking for similarities, but I wasn't seeing them. So then I thought, well, wait a minute, what was it about me that allowed him to be so horrible to me? You know, like now he's, now he seems like almost PTSD free and he's, you know, he's got a new car, <laughs> he's got a new car, he's going to school and he's, you know, he he's out and he's doing, you know, doing things and going places that were, you know, that we could never, um, uh, some things that we could never do because of his, you know, because he said he was not, you know, not able to or whatever. And, um. Yeah. So, so yeah. So I, I went through that, that whole, like, you know, what did I, what's wrong with me? You know, I went back into that and it took a while to, you know, to not feel, you know, really crappy about that. And, and to feel like can't even explain it. You know, you just feel less than I guess like this, you know, this person, this person must. Be, I was like, either she's putting up with a lot, or he's just, or he's changed. That was my, that was my thought. Like either, either it's happening and she's just putting up with it, or may, or or maybe he's changed, kind of thing. And
0: um, and not knowing is killing you uh, internally the whole time. And yeah,
1: I'm, in, I'm in a way
0: you just want to know the reality of, of what's going on.
1: Yeah. And I'm trying not to cyber stock, but it becomes though you become, you become almost obsessed, you know, like yes. you're, you know, especially once you find, you get that out. And this is like, and I will say this is, this is her social media, not his. Right. So this is her, this is all her, you know, doing this, putting these, you know, putting pictures up and, and all of this stuff. So, so it's kind of like her point of view, but, but it was all very, it was like, almost like, you know, so sugary sweet. Like I was like, Oh my God. And, and they actually, they were together for, for a for a while. Um, and um, you know, our, our mutual friends, like that, that couple that we were, that I became friends with, like, so he's hanging out with them now with this new person. And then I'm hanging out with them separately so I'm hearing you know a little bit about the relationship like through them you know but it all sounds you know perfectly you know fine but they know him the way I know him so they're so they're kind of like you know that poor girl you know (laughs) kind of thing um um, but but and I'm not saying that I know I'm not telling them that I know that I know anything about it or that I've seen anything I'm just like I'm like well, you know Yes, you know, they're happy. They're happy, you know, kind of thing. And and um, every- and,
0: and just a word for, for everyone who's listening. If you ever get into these situations where you have mutual friends that are still friends with both sides, ask those other people never to mention that other person to you in your presence. It's triggering. It keeps you involved in that world when you're trying to separate yourself. And I'm sorry. I just had to put that in there. Right. And, and get back to it. <laughs> sorry.
1: Right. Right. It, 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 it does. You're right. Because, you know, there's these little, little crumbs there that, you know, where you're, you're, they're giving you uh, this little, this little view into into this person's world that you no longer have contact with. Right. And, and, and you are curious, you know, but yeah, it's not a good, it's not a good, it's not a good place to be. Um, But i'm sure I'm sure at one point he told them like not to hang you know not to hang out with me or something I don't know i we weren't like we didn't become like good friends, but you know we saw each other once in a while so um i I recognized the behavior that I was doing as like not good, <laughs> and then that I needed to i needed to just not be concerned with it, but it was really hard. it was really hard, like just you know weaning myself off of that and not being curious and not wanting to look and see what was, you know, try to, try to see what, you know, what was going on and, and, and things like that. So, so, um, let's see, Uh, I'm trying to heal myself. He's, he's still paying me because you know, he's distracted now. He's not, he's not contacting me. Um, so, you know, I'm, my life is, is getting back to normal. Um, going, things are going, things are going pretty well, but we still live near each other, so there's still always that, that, that chance that you're going to run into, that I'm going to run into him or them, him and his new person, right? So every time, so every time I go out, you know, because I, the, the little area that I live in is, kind of like a cute little town and it has its own there's a street that has its own like restaurants and shops and stuff like that and i can just walk there so it's real convenient but every time i and i always know people when i go out and stuff run into people i know but every time i go out i have this like anxiety like that i'm going to run into him you know and and um at that point i had no idea like what he thought about me or how he would, if I did see him, how, if he would even speak to me, like I, I had no idea what was going on in his head, but I just knew, I just knew how I felt every time, every time I went out and there was a chance that I would run into him, even driving by his, by his house, which was like my, my regular route home, unless I went a different way, I got, I, I felt I would feel myself getting anxious you know, my heart would start beating and I, you know, you know, just that anxiety would, would come up. And, and, um, and then one day I did, it it happened. And I had started writing too uh, during that time, during that time of like trying to heal, trying to get your life back, you know, actually realizing what happened to you and what you were like sucked into and, 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 you know, trying to figure out why and making sure it's not going to happen again. I, I, I went back to what I know and I started writing and I would write, you know, sometimes I would write um, accounts of, of like things that happened in the past. And um, because it's almost like a dream, like you can't even believe it. And then other times I would write like what I would say to him if, you know, if given the opportunity, you know, almost like your letters, letters to my narcissist. So I was doing a lot of that. I was doing a lot of writing and it was really helpful just to get it, to get it out to get it, to, to have it on paper and look at it and read it and just be like, oh my God, you know, like, this, this really happened to me. This, you know, I really went through this. And, um, and then I did run into him and, and it was in like a, a social place, social setting. And to my surprise, he was by himself and he wasn't with his um, new person. And, to my surprise, he was like, all oh, happy to see me. <laughs> you know, like, oh, my God, how are you? <laughs> you know, and, and uh, wanted to sit down and catch up. You know, like, we were, like, old friends that just hadn't seen each other in a long time. And so I agreed in, uh, to sit down, and, and he, you know, he's telling me, like, you know, he, he wanted an update on where he was with um, paying me back. And, and I told him, you know, because I kept, I then, then I did have, like, a spreadsheet I was keeping and I was keeping track of of everything, and I told and I, so I told him, like you know he was about about halfway halfway done paying me back, and that I would for sure let him know like when you know when it was done and and he's talking about school and things like that, you know and then and then he started talking about this new person that he's with, and one of the first things was like he made it sound like. It was a new relationship. Like they hadn't been seeing each other that long. When I knew they had been together already like for a year, if not a little more. But he made it sound like, you know, like they just started seeing each other. (laughs) And um, he complained about her family. He complained about her friends. Um, He didn't like any of them. He didn't think that they were good people um he um i think she had um tattoos and he didn't like that um and he said that he had asked her not to get any more tattoos and she had anyway she did anyway and that he wasn't happy about that but he thought it was trashy and like not ladylike and he um he didn't say one good thing about her um he said that um she was complaining she was already complaining about like doing things for him like his lawn like doing his laundry um and, <laughs> and and what else did he say oh my god it was just you know i was just sitting there stunned like looking at him like he was like a animal in a zoo and i was just like wow this is actually happening like right in front of my eyes like he's i'm he's devaluing her you know like this is this is it's like textbook um he even said that he um oh he said he goes I know it seems like I don't but I you know I think about you a lot and um he said that he talked to his new person about me and a lot and how and like what a what a good person I was and how like she should be more you know like me and and um I was like well, okay he's using me to triangulate her like all this all this stuff that I've read now is like it's all just clicking and going through my head and I'm like this is a this is incredible and I even I even said I remember what I said but I know I stood up for her I was like I was like hey look if you don't like you know it, it, it's her body you know about the tattoos it's her body if she wants she wants tattoos she can have tattoos like if you don't like it then don't be with her like you know and um I'm like okay You know, he has not changed at all. You know, like, I don't care what, what is being shown on her social media platform. Like, this is not a good situation. You know, there's no way, there's no way she's happy in this. Like, this is, he has not changed at
0: all. So now that this is over, this person is no longer in your life. Looking back at the situation, growing up with your mom, being emancipated, uh, all the issues that formed and the beliefs that kind of carried you through here, and also uh, beliefs that formed during this relationship—you know—were there specific things you wanted to tackle uh, that you've identified, uh, or is this just you know relearning what you already taught yourself and, and sticking to your guns?
1: Yeah, it's more. It's more. It's more like. Going back to you, know, you know, like the way I was living my life before was fine, you know, it was just more of like it just sort of reinforced that again, like, um, um there's nothing I had had someone, um, my mom at some point had sent me to a counselor when I was like 14, and um. Uh, because, you know, when she was telling me that I was depressed and, and my mom, by the way, like she's, she, was, uh, she worked in the medical field and, and for part of the time she worked in like psychiatric, she did some like psychiatric work. I remember, I remember specifically her saying that she was working at some point, she was working with people who were manic depressive. So this is something that I learned about, like, you know, as young. And so when she's sitting there telling me that she thinks I'm depressed, this isn't, only, this isn't just coming from my mom. This is coming from, like, a medical professional, right? So I'm thinking, like, so she's telling me there's something wrong with me. I think, oh, okay, maybe she's right. Maybe there is something wrong with me. And so I went to a counselor, and um, this counselor figured out pretty quickly what was going on. And she tried to set up sessions with, with both my mom and I. And my mom would either um, cancel at the last minute and the last time she tried to set up the session, she tried, She think she tried like three or four times. The last time she tried to set up the session, my mom just didn't show up. And this, this, this lady, and now thinking about it, it's kind of funny because this, um, she was a, a young, she was probably right out of grad school or something, and, um, and she was pissed. And not, you know, and because she's thinking like, my, mom, my mom's like a colleague, right? How dare you? How dare you, you know, like treat another medical professional this way? And, 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 and also, you're supposed to be a parent that's supposed to be concerned about your, your daughter. So she actually gave me a ride home. That was the last session I had with her. Um, she gave me a ride home, and she had me wait in the car, and she went and talked to my mom. And my mom didn't let her in the house. They were just on the porch. But I could tell she was, I couldn't hear, but I could tell she was yelling at her. And probably saying the same things that she said to me, like, how dare her? You know, and um, and she got back in the car and she turned to me and she said, there's nothing wrong with you. Your mom is the problem. There is nothing wrong with you. And that definitely got me through the next few years. Right. But it also, but now, again, here we were, like, here I was, like, decades later, having gone through this with, you know, this relationship and toxic friendship with this person. And, again, I had to, like, you know, the, she was, like, the first person to tell me that. Other people would tell me that, like, you know, throughout the years. But, but, but here I was, decades later, and I had to, like, repeat that, almost, like, repeat that to myself. Like, there's nothing wrong with me. Like, I was fine. I tried to fix myself by being with this person and bending over backwards and twisting myself into a pretzel to prove that I could have, like, you know, a, a relationship, you know, that, 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 um, that I thought, you know,
0: um, that I fit, wanted. That, that fits social norms.
1: That, yes, and that fits social norms and that, you know, I had to prove that I was capable of caring about some, you know, someone at, to a certain, to a, to a certain level or something. And then, and then I realized that, you know, I, I picked the wrong person <laughs> obviously, or they picked me. Um, it was just, you know, just the timing or whatever, but, but there was nothing wrong with, you know, like I, yeah, I went through that and I had to learn from it, but yeah, there's nothing wrong with me. I don't, I don't need that. And I don't, I mean, if it happens, it happens you know i'm still open to having like a a a good relationship and you know a a respectful reciprocal relationship with with someone but but yeah i i just i had to go back to like you know the way i you know what i was doing and the way i was living was like was completely fine i didn't need that
0: so, before we end our show, do you have any words of wisdom or advice for anyone, for everyone who is listening?
1: No, I don't know if it's really advice, but I will say that, um, that you can, you can, um, you can experience or, or come across like, you know, narcissists in different ways areas of your life. I think that's, you know, that's one thing that I learned. So you can have a, a, a parent who's a narcissist. You can have a boss who's a narcissist. And then of course, the personal relationships, friends and, and significant others. Um, I had a couple bosses, you know, and, and, but I recognized it right away. And I was like, Ugh! <laughs> and, and, and it's good to recognize it. And know that, like, okay, this is someone that I need to keep at arm's length. But it's not always that easy, right? Especially if it's a parent or a boss or something, you know, people you have to have contact with. So what becomes important, though, is, like, at least what became important to me um, was how I was feeling. You know, I had to really examine how I was feeling, how this person is making you feel. And... And is your life being disrupted? Your life as you knew it—is it you know? Uh, hopefully, your life—you liked you liked the way it was before this person came into it, and now your life is being disrupted. And 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 you have to really like stay in tune with with how you're feeling and what's going on with you, and then de- and then determine like if this is a situation that needs to be addressed and needs and that you need to like you know, extricate yourself from, um, somehow. But, but that's the thing that I noticed was that even though these were two different people and two completely different types of relationships, the way that I felt in them was the same. And that's, and then the second one, that's what, that's what turned me around was that I realized how I was feeling.
0: Well, CC, I want to thank you for being here and sharing your story with us today. We pointed out a lot of things. Uh, you know, you did a really good job. So I just want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for oh, thank being you. here today. It's so
1: hard. You, your brain is like all over the place and I feel like
0: it's so oh, no, I have my, uh, your notes in, in <laughs> front of me. So I'm sitting here and I'm like, yeah, 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 you got it. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I know you wrote such thorough notes. It's hard to keep and you're doing it from your side. It's very hard to keep track. Uh, yeah and uh, I'm not uh,
1: looking at them. I thought of trying to have them on the side, but then I thought I'd be like distracted and trying to you know what I mean oh yeah, too like too rehearsed or something so so yeah, so I decided just to go just to do it just you know
0: well you, you <laughs> did great it
1: from my brain you, you
0: did great, and uh, thank you so much uh for sharing thank you, but you're welcome, and for everyone who is listening from CC and I We hope you have a good
1: night. Oh, one one more thing. One more thing?
0: Okay, hold on. That was a false ending.
1: I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Because this is really important. There's one more thing to everybody out there. You're not crazy. (laughs) (laughs) You're not crazy. And there's nothing wrong with you. Okay, I'm sorry.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And on that note, everyone who is listening, you're not crazy. And from Cece and I, we hope you have a good night.